Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Unfiltered Farm Wives podcast. I am Kelly McCormick, your co-host, along with... Mrs. Grown Corn. <laughs> this is what we're going with this week. I had to think about it. So. <laughs> I need an alternative that I can go back and forth with I was as well. Say, I try to switch it up every you single do. episode. I'm like, which one did I say last week? I can't remember. <laughs> you used Carolyn Reed last time. Did I? Okay. Yeah. Yep. But I'm, I'm right on. Mrs. You grown Corn. So. <laughs> what have you been up to this week, <clears throat> Carolyn? We are... We are starting to get in the thick of basketball season. So we have been super busy with games and I actually coach cheerleading. And so we'll be starting that this weekend. And so, yeah, our, our schedules went from being really calm for like two weeks to hectic again. So I'm just jumping back into that. (laughs) Ours is getting a little calmer. I know. We had Max in cross country and Colby was doing uh, volleyball and basketball. And right now all we have is her basketball games. Now Max does begin his practices this Friday, but that's like once a week for a little bit. So I want to say they're Their basketball season doesn't really start until December. Yeah. 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 We've got time. Yeah, so we're in our quiet season. It's kind of nice. Yeah, we're we're starting to just gear up into the thick of it. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's great. It I'm is. actually totally okay with it. I I do enjoy going to the games. I love seeing the kids play. It makes our evenings a little more where I have to plan things a little bit more. But yeah. I'm fine with it, honestly. Every morning when we're eating breakfast, it's uh, what's going on tonight? Like, mm-hmm. what's the master plan for tonight type thing? And so Max this morning was like, what's going on tonight after school? And I said, well, I'm picking you up after school. Colby has basketball practice. And he goes, then what? And I'm like, that's it. He's like, really? I'm like, yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and that's the best feeling in the oh, entire world. I know, right? When there's nothing going on mm-hmm. at night, so you can just take yeah. a breath. and yeah. yeah, we do the same thing. Like... I know I have several friends who do the, they plan their whole week out and I'm like, I'm a day by day kind of person. Like I wake up that morning, I look at the schedule and I'm like, okay, this kid has this, this kid has this, this is who's picking up this child. This is who's going this direction. And we just kind of wing it. I used to put everything into like all the practices. You get the monthly calendar and I had all the practices and all the games and the bus times, et cetera, in my, you know, calendar online, but things change too much. Mm-hmm. So now I I put the games in, but I don't put bus times. I don't put the practices mm-hmm. because practices are added. Practices are deleted. Times change, yep. et cetera. And so now I'm just like, as long as we know when the games are, I think we can handle it. So the best is they have like a group text for the basketball. And what is it? November 9th. I haven't had a November schedule for any of the practices. So I'm just day by day. I'm like, Henry, what time do you have practice? And he's like, okay. And I'm like, okay, we'll figure it out. Well, a calendar went out, but I somehow missed it or whatever. <laughs> so I finally got the calendar this evening, Yeah. but already looking at the calendar, like three things have changed on the calendar and I'm like, forget it. Yeah. This, I'm just, I'm going to yeah. go back to just doing it day by day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I totally messed up tonight too. Like it's one of those things. Uh, one of the dads called and I thought that's weird that that, and I couldn't get to the phone in time. So I texted him and I'm like, missed your call. Couldn't get to the phone in time. You know, I figured you, you know, didn't really mean to call me. And so then he called back and he was like, uh, practice actually got done at five instead of five 30 today. Kelly Colby's sitting here. Do you want me to run her by your house? And I'm like, oh uh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. But this is where it's good to have your village. It is. It you is have your village. And then people always help pick yes. up the slack. Yes. And, yes. And cover. Whatever. Exactly. Or when you're like, oh my gosh, they got out of practice 30 minutes ago. Yes. I'm on my way. <laughs> and thankfully it was a dad that like, you know, our kids are friends. We run each other's kids mm-hmm. to sports. It wasn't like somebody that I didn't know that they're like, oh my gosh, what kind of parent is she? She totally didn't pick <laughs> up her kid in time. <laughs> I don't even worry about that anymore. Oh, because no. I guarantee you, even if they say they haven't, every single parent has been yeah. like, what's the schedule? I have no idea what's going on. Yes. It's just, that's just the way it goes. It is, especially when you have kids in multiple sports. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, it's just mind boggling sometimes the, the planning and the, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, I, where do I need to sneak a meal in? Cause they're going mm-hmm. to a practice right after school, but then they have to go and meet the basketball bus. And so straight from a volleyball practice. And so, you know, you're like, here's a couple of 
peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah, exactly. <laughs> to eat on the bus, you know. Grab a bag of popcorn when you get to the game. Yes, okay. yes, yeah. And so it is, but, oh, I know we'll miss these days, but. I agree. Um, yeah. I agree. So we had kind of played around with the idea of just asking each other questions. Yes. So I'm prepared. You said you were not. I am not. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> so I purposely like all the questions I have are very like, like some are serious, some are not. And, but I don't know the answers to any of these questions that okay. I'm asking you, which I thought would be fun because I was like, what don't I know about Kelly? What do I want to know? What would, you know, I'll what be do I not want to know? <laughs> I decided not to put those. Uh, I'm going to try to make these into questions you don't want or answers you really didn't want to know. I could add a few later. So, okay. So I'm just going to dive in with my first question. And this is is a soft question. This is an easy one. Okay. So you did a lot of traveling. Yeah. Whenever you work for John Deere. Yeah. What is the favorite place you've ever traveled to and why? Oh... You know, that's a really, that's a, it's a good question, but it is a hard one. And, and because there's different things that you like from different places. Probably my all time favorite place I ever went to was Russia. And the reason why is because I love Russian history. I love Russian history. I love, and that's so nerdy. Like you and I have talked about our love about World War II Mm -hmm. and reading about World War II and, and everything. Well, I also really, really love reading about like the Bolshevik revolution and the overthrow of the czar and and you know just that entire situation and i think it all stems from when i was in fifth or sixth grade there was a made for tv movie one of the czar of russia's claimed years they were all killed shot by the bolsheviks but years later a girl came forward and said she was actually the uh princess anastasia one of the daughters that she hadn't died all of their dresses were sewn with jewels and everything. And so when they were shot, a couple of the girls did not die immediately because the bullets were ricocheting off of the jewels that had been sewed into their corsets. And so... You're teaching me history yes, right now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so, I mean, it's, you know, the, the soldiers who did it, they did say that they ended up having to use bayonets on the girls because they had so many... First of all, they shot them in like a basement concrete room and the bullets were ricocheting off the walls and the soldiers kind of freaked out a little bit because the bullets were, you know, kicking back at them, et cetera. And so then these girls just had hundreds of jewels sewn into their corsets and dresses. And so that protected them as well. And so after it was all over, they were still alive, wounded, but alive. And so the soldiers had to go and use bayonets to actually complete the job. And so years later, this girl by the name of Anna Anderson came forward and said she was actually the Princess Anastasia and that one of the soldiers had rescued her from the pile of bodies and she was still alive and and she had lived as his wife for years and years. And so it was this it was this made for TV movie and I watched it and became obsessed with the story. And my Is mom, it a real story. It's a true story. Okay. Yeah. True it, story. Like, it was real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True story. This happened. I watched, there was a cartoon called Anastasia. Yeah. But loosely, very loosely, very loosely. Like, and that's literally all I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I am really making this a long answer, but no, anyway, <laughs> make it a long answer. No. <laughs> so anyway, I've always loved, I loved that story. I read my mom and dad bought me this huge book about all of it. It was really fascinating. Like the princess had a club foot. One of her feet were club foot, a club foot. And this girl had a club foot. She actually went to England and a couple of the families of the British uh, monarchy met with her, showed her pictures that were black and white. And she could say that was a brown dress, you know, you know, that type of thing. So I was just convinced that it was her, that she had survived and everything. Now, fast forward to the 90s and they did DNA testing and it was not. You just told me it was a true story. (laughs) True story that she came forward and said it was her and everything. I thought it was really her. Hmm. No, but the whole premise of the book was that the British family did not want to admit that it was her because the Russian fortune was in these banks. And uh, when when the Russian, you know, monarchy or, you know, dynasty died, it reverted to the British 
family. And so this is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was my original conspiracy theory, I believed, and read every book I could get my hands on on it for years. I was devastated. So anyway, I loved Russian history, loved that entire time period, got to go to Russia, got to go to the, the cathedral where they're all buried, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and um so anyway yeah i so russia was really kind of my favorite place i've ever been to just because i love the history i was just gonna say so what else did you do when you visited russia oh let's see we went to the, the museum called the hermitage museum which is in one of the palaces went to saint or uh, catherine the great summer palace we were in saint petersburg so we went to several of the palaces um i mean they're just so ornate so so ornate you know and the best part too is like <laughs> the best part is some of the tour guides the the translation you know kind mm -hmm. of doesn't <laughs> doesn't translate yes. exactly translate exactly and so like i remember they were talking about one of the one of the relatives of czar nicholas ii and him being a little bit of a ladies man and they don't really know how to say he's a ladies man they're like how do you say it in america he is a he was a cock hound a cock oh hound and then we're like yes let's start saying that that's great i like some of these mistranslations that's funny and so, you know, it was, it, I loved it. I just really loved it. And a lot of other people did not like Russia because it, it's, you know, it would be a little bit what you'd consider maybe a little bit on the dirtier side of mm -hmm. things. You know, things are not quite as kept meticulously. But it was so interesting, too, to, you know, you'd have this old, ornate, you know, 1700s building, you know, right next to this soviet built in 1960s apartment complex that's like as boring and you know just it it was just a fascinating place to be and i really loved it i did how many days were you there just two or three just two it or was three. a it was a i had won a sales cruise i cruised for sales on my territory okay. and so we went to sweden and finland and russia and so i think three two or three days so yeah is this something you'd want to go back and do I mean, not in not this. Right now. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, you want to book a flight and go today? <laughs> I think that I think that my risk factor is way low. <laughs> it's way lower today than when I was in my mid twenties and had no husband and kids to worry about. I was kind of. I even remember like. It was it was not long, I think, after 9-11, and my older sister, Karen, she kind of had a little bit of a conniption that I was going to go ahead and go, and I was at a dealership. It was a Martin's in Roanoke, and I was telling them that Karen was having this fit about me going, and I said, well, I think I'm going to try to get my will done, you know, just to make sure everything's fine, everything, and they're like, just go to the office and type it. We'll notarize it and keep a, keep it on file here, and so I still have a copy of oh that, that will. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious which all i had at the time was like furniture a living room set maybe like uh you know cheap pair of you know heart diamond earrings you know that's hilarious <laughs> we actually we I, Tony and I went somewhere without our kids and I was like, we, we don't have a will, but what if something happens to us? And we literally like wrote it down on paper. <laughs> if something happens to us, these people get our kids. We want them to have everything. <clears throat> and we signed it and we're like, surely that'll hold up in court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Totally. Totally. Yeah. This is fine. Yeah. This it's good. It's good. So that's really funny. But yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I still have that notarized. I wonder if they still have their copy on file. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 20 years later. <laughs> Probably. Somewhere. It's in yes, the files. Yes, yes. I saw a TikTok once, and I, I can't remember what the premise of it uh, is, but <clears throat> it was talking about, it was this guy who was talking about traveling, and he was like, well, the best time to travel is when countries go to war. I think I said it to you. Yes, yes. And I was like, dangerous, but, but very smart. <laughs> Because nobody else wants to go there right now. So you're getting the yeah. cheapest flights, the cheapest hotels. You can do it all because nobody else wants to be there. Like, like, what are you doing this weekend, Carolyn? You want to go to Ukraine? You know, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't. I, I my desire to see that no, part is. I have no desire. Yeah. I will be 100% honest. I am 
a huge chicken and all of that stuff terrifies me, especially being a mother. Like that's what scares yeah. me more than anything. So anything like that, I'm like, nope, I'm fine not going to the Middle East. Like, right. I have no desire because it scares the crap out of me. Yeah. But it didn't when I was in my 20s. I mean, I had nothing to lose. Like if I, you know, if something happened to me, you know. exactly. There was. And 100% once you have kids, that totally changes everything. You know, even just, even traveling in general for me, like I get very, like, nervous. Like, okay, I'm going to be gone for this many days. If if something tragic were to happen, how fast could I get home? You know, stuff like that. It still makes me nervous. Yeah. Even traveling within the U.S. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but. so yeah, Russia was probably my favorite. My least favorite, believe it or not, was Australia. You know, here's the thing. It's just like the U.S. with an accent. But I like the accent. I do like the <laughs> accent. The people are great. I love the people. Like, if you're from Australia and you happen to be listening to this, I love you guys. I do. But at that point in time, I wanted to see things that I hadn't seen before, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, that was so similar. It's such a young country, Mm -hmm. just like the United States. And so... When did you go? Oh, was it? I don't know. Early 2000s, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and I love history. And and so, you know, just it, it, it is, it's different than the United States, but it was not different enough to... Like set Trick my soul on style, on on, so, on set my soul on fire, <laughs> on fire, on fire. I meant on fire. So yeah, uh, I'm one of those. Whenever I travel, like don't get me wrong, I like the touristy things, especially like if it has anything to do with history. I'm diving in on that. Yeah, but whenever I travel, I want to see how they really yes. live. Yes. You know? And so we actually have a friend that lives in Australia and he says, if yeah. Tony and I ever travel there, we can come stay with him. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to see how they live yeah. their day to day life. I, w- I want to, I want to go to work with you and then we're going to go eat lunch at the local yes. diner, whatever. And you know, that's what I want to experience. And they always say, I don't know where I read this or saw this. If you really want to experience another country, you need to live there for at least three weeks because then you see the rhythms of their lives and you can, you can compare it, you know, to what you do on your day. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I will say one of my, my first international trip was to Germany and that was just sightseeing. One of my childhood friends was over there working for Ford. And so I went over and visited him and we did like a 10 day, two week round trip of the country, like literally drove in a circle, you know, from the South to, to the east, north, and then to the west, and then I flew home. And one of his rules is that we could not eat at any chain. Mm-hmm. Like every single night, you know, whatever hotel we were at, we just found the little tavern that was on the same block, and all of them serve, you know, wonderful food. And so that's like roast duck. Oh my gosh, it was so fabulous. And and I've not eaten it since getting back to the US because I know it's not going to be the same at all versus, you know, the way they made it in these little pubs. It was oh so good. Yeah. We did the same thing whenever we went to Alaska. We asked our hotel, we're like, where do the locals eat? We yeah. you know and oh my gosh, I'll never forget. I even have a picture of it. It was a king crab sandwich. I'm trying to think how, anyways, best sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. And yeah. that's, that's always the way I am. I'm like, I don't want to eat at the chains. I want, I want to go downstairs and you'd be like, where's, where do all the locals eat? Where's the best food that you could recommend? Yeah. Cause I can eat at McDonald's anywhere. Right. If I'm traveling, I want to eat what, what yeah. they're eating. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And I do enjoy, which Tony is the complete opposite of me. He's like, ah, we're in a hurry. Let's just stop at McDonald's. And I'm like, no, <laughs> we are on the East coast of the United States. Yeah. We are in Maine for God's sakes, man. I do not want to eat a Burger King. I want we're to eating eat seafood every single anything. night here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted like kind of on my bucket list. I would still like to get to Austria because I want to, I, I like, I like, the old classical music and some of that history. Mm -hmm. And so I would still like to get there and do some of that. I'd like to go to England again. I've been to London, but I've not really done the countryside. So I'd still like to do that. Um, 
I really, really, really would like to go to Scotland or Ireland. I, knew, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. <laughs> like, and I just want to sit in a pub every single night mm-hmm. and just listen. Like, I don't even have to go to any of the sites. I just want to go and <laughs> sit in a pub and just watch people and listen. That's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scotland's on my list. I just think the, and don't get me wrong, the U.S. has beautiful things yes. to see. But I would just love to go, like, you see the pictures and stuff, and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so old. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I love, I, I, I just love history so much. And so same. I just like to experience that. Same. That's the exact same way. I, yeah. I just love the history of everything. I just, I want to be like, okay, so when, when was this bill, and what happened, and yeah. who did this? And I want you to tell me all the details. Of yeah. That, so. Yeah. Fascinating. So interesting. Russia. I thought for sure you were going to say Germany. I really did. Yeah. I <laughs> liked Germany a lot, but I yeah. have not been, and that's on my bucket list. So I want to do the Band of Brothers tour. Yeah. Because I, I love that movie. And I, well, once again, I love the history of World War II. And so that's on my bucket list. So, okay. All right. So we're going to totally shift gears. Okay. Here. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to. Once again, I'm telling you, I did all over the map on these. Okay, so we talk on Facebook Messenger every single day. Yes. And a lot of times we talk about our kids being a mom, and I think this is universal for every mom. Every day, maybe not every day, but we always are like, I messed up. This is what I did wrong as a mom today. Yeah. You know, and you're constantly, the mom guilt is real. We're constantly beating ourselves about this. So... What do you think that you have done right as a mom? Instead of beating yourself up, what do you think you're doing right as a mom? (sighs) (laughs) I told you, I'm going to take you here and here and here and here. If we ever have Henry and Colby on this podcast, we are asking them that question. Mm -hmm. What are we doing right as moms? They'll just sit there in silence. (laughs) (laughs) They will. They will. Because the things they see are not the things we see. Oh, no, probably not. I think, oh, what am I doing right with them? Oh, gosh, that's a hard question. (laughs) I think raising them in a small town on the farm and in the church, I think probably that, you know, I just think that it's the best childhood you could absolutely have. I still think I, there's aspects of my own childhood that I wish, I know that you and I have talked about that, and I think we've talked about it on a podcast. I wish that I would have had more kids so that they would have had mm-hmm. more kids to run around with outside and stuff like that and play with. So they're, you know, they don't play outside with imagination like my sisters and I did, you know, but that's okay. But I do think, I think definitely sending them to a parochial school where they're getting, you know, uh, religion every single day. I think that, you know, the small town life. And, And I think both my kids, I don't see in them what I, what, what I was like when I was little, like I had this curiosity to go out and explore the world and see the world and see what it's like in a city and, and those types of things. And Colby actually, she's like. I don't think I'll stay in Illinois. Oklahoma's looking re- like she's trying to get more desolate. She's like, I think Oklahoma sounds great. I'm like, you've never <laughs> even been to Oklahoma. What makes you think it's great? And she's like, it just kind of seems. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think that I, uh, work ethic. I think Colby has a really great work ethic. I'm still working on Max in that area. <laughs> Max just has the attitude, work smarter, not harder. He does. He does. He does. And you yeah. you can't knock that. You can't. I know, but still, yeah. But yeah, what about you? What do you think you're doing right? So my number one is the same as you. Yeah. T- raising my kids in a small community, parochial school. Yeah. Like, if I've done anything, my number one goal as a parent, 100%, is to make sure my kids know God, and God is a yes. very big part of their life. And that is very important to us. So I'm like, okay, if I fail at every single thing else, I've at least done that, you know? But for me, like, I feel like that. And then I also, like, I'm a big, and this goes along with religion. We all make mistakes. Nobody is perfect. Yep. And we admit our mistakes and we ask God to forgive us. And we know that every single day we will fail, but we still try. And so I'm very big on apologizing to my kids and being like, mommy messed up today. 
And I was like, I, or, or saying I had a bad day. Yeah. I, you know, sorry, I, was I messed up and my kids very much like we'll be discussing things back and forth. And they're like, well, mom, you just had a bad day or you're human too, you know? And so to me, that was very important because I want them as they go into life to recognize that sometimes you just have a bad day and people have a bad day. You don't need to strive for perfection, I guess is yeah. how I want to word it. That was a big thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Those are my two things. Like, if I had to narrow it down. So I fail everywhere else. <laughs> oh, every single day. Every, every single, day. single day. But, but but you know, it's not about succeeding at it. It's just about getting up and trying and mm-hmm. then seeing you try to, you know, get it done and, and make it happen and everything. I think, and going back to the religion a little bit, you know, when you look at, I'm going to get a little theological here. When you look at Christianity and when you understand the fact that you cannot create faith in your kids, all you can do is expose them Mm -hmm. to that faith and that it's the Holy Spirit's job to actually grow that faith for them. Once you think about that, then you're like, okay, how, how often and in what ways can I expose my kids to that faith? Mm -hmm. You know? in church on Sundays, in devotions at night, sending them to, you know, a parochial school where they have that class every single day, where they have morning devotions. And it's not done in a, like, fire and brimstone, gun to the head, you know, legalistic way. It's just how, in what, how can we keep them constantly exposed to that in, in their childhood and growing up so that, you know, the Holy Spirit can do what it does. Right. So I always try to encourage my kids to ask questions. Yes. I want them to ask questions. Because when they're asking questions, then they're being active in that faith. Um, And so, like, we do nightly devotions, and that's one of the things, like, when we're done, you know, we'll, if they have any questions, we can sit and discuss it, or there's several times they'll be at school, and something will get brought up in religion, and they'll come home and talk to me about it, and I'm like, I just want to expose you and make sure we're having this conversation, because I'm not one of those who thinks that at some point, will they have a moment where maybe they're going to be like, "Mm," like, uh, not a crisis of faith, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know that We'll we'll cross that bridge, but I want to give them that foundation that we'll find our way across it as right. well. I guess is the way to work. Yeah, it. yeah. So. Well, and my dad always said that questioning, not so much questioning whether or not your your faith is real or you mm-hmm. know that God is real, those types of things, but questioning aspects of it cause you your faith to go deeper because you mm-hmm. dig into it and you learn the the apologetics, the defense of your faith, why it is yes. the way that it is. Right. You know, I don't want my kids to believe just because I told them yes. to do it. I want yes. them to believe because they know why and they know the answer. Yes. You know, they're, they're confident in that. Yes. You know, it's not, well, because mom told me to, you right. know, they're like, well, no, we believe this because this happened and this happened, you know, yeah, different things they've learned and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 But Absolutely. yeah. Nope. I agree. So So here's a question for you. Oh, gosh. You're switching up on me. I I wasn't done yet. I I am. I know. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. If you could pick any career. Oh, gosh. Any career, what would you pick besides besides what I'm doing right now? Yes, besides what you're doing right now. Okay, so 100%. And I've said this a thousand times. I would have my own restaurant. Really? Yep. 100%. I thought you would say writing books or something. No, that's going to be my side gig. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be a side gig. It has been a dream of mine. So, of course, my grandma uh, owned the local restaurant. She owned it for, gosh, I don't even know, 15 years. I literally grew up in that restaurant. I think I was 12 years, 11, 12 years old whenever she opened it. And I left when I was 20. And I just... I I love food. <laughs> no, but I there's something I love about baking and making things for people and it's just always been a dream of mine and I've actually I've looked into several places in local areas and thought about opening something and it's just one of those things though I know realistically that if I ever tried to do something like that, it's going to take a hundred percent of my interest. And to me at this point in my life, my kids get that. Yeah. You know, when they're older, can I see myself opening up a bakery or a coffee shop or something like that? hundred percent. But right now they get everything Yeah, because I'm not willing to 
I'm not willing to take away from them for that because whenever you have a business like that, I mean, it's so you, demanding. You're you're in there at 4 a.m. Yeah, you don't leave till 10 p.m. and I would have no time to do any of the things that I like to do with my kids. Yeah. But yeah. Hundred percent. My dream is I would love to do a restaurant and have like a coffee shop, bakery or whatever, but then do like family dinners. Yeah. Like on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. So So one of my friends, her sister went to culinary school and she opened a coffee shop and bakery. She goes in at like four in the morning and does homemade donuts and Mm -hmm. pastries and all of that stuff. And then she's done at ten. Like the shop closes down at 10. Really? Yeah. And then she has the rest of the day, but she goes in at like four in the morning and it opens at six or whenever it's just open from six to 10 and all it is is coffee and breakfasts and, you know, stuff like that. And then it's done at 10. See, and like, I thought about that because I was like, well, that would free me up or whatever, but I really like the supper aspect. Yeah. And I know that like, like I like cooking and baking a lot of supper foods, you know, yeah. and I'm like, I can't offer that at five o'clock in the morning. No. And like, what's even funnier is I am not a morning person at all. Like, yeah. I absolutely hate getting up early. Henry had to be at practice at 6.15 this morning and it was 6.05 before I rolled out of bed. <laughs> I literally, my contacts, cause I sleep in my contacts. I know, I know. <laughs> they were glued to my eyeballs. <laughs> I could barely see as I was driving and I was like pressing it on and I'm like, okay, it's in, it's in. <laughs> All right, we're we're on our way. Didn't wasn't he late the other day? And the coach asked yes. him why he was late, and he goes, "Because my mom's coffee wasn't the made yet." And, yes, and he was like, "Well, I can understand that." And he didn't make him run laps. And I was like, "I go, your coach knows you don't mess with a mom and her coffee. That's right. You do not." Um, but the funny thing is, whenever I worked at the restaurant with my grandma. I would get up at five o'clock in the morning to be in there to fry the chicken for the day, to make donut holes for the day, to help with all the early baking. And it never, like, obviously I didn't want to get up, but still, like, it never bothered me. I would do it. But I think it was because it was just, I don't know, it was something my grandma ingrained in me. I don't know. I inherited from her, however you want to say it. I just, I loved that aspect of it. I loved it. So... At the public school here, they have the option where you can co-op. And so what that means is you'll go to school until, like, you'll take your first five classes, and then you go to work after yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Well, because of me working at the restaurant, they let me do my co-op in reverse. And so I would go oh, work at the restaurant, yeah. and then I would take my third and, f- let's see, trying to think now because I would actually I take that back I would go in early I would get to school in the morning they'd let me leave during lunch so I could go help during the lunch rush at the restaurant and I'd come back for a couple classes and then I could leave again for my afternoon crowd really and they let me do that great that's awesome it it was just one of those things like I loved every aspect of it Um, and still to this day I do like I miss the days of working on the grill and having 15 orders come in and you're trying to shuffle everything like I love that chaos I loved it so yeah no I worked that's what I want to do I worked in a steak restaurant my freshman year of college and I hated it I waited tables and I hated it oh don't get me wrong I mean the public can be harsh (laughs) we all know this with social media (laughs) they can be hard that was back when they were nice (laughs) yeah exactly but I don't know there's something about the I'm also a very busybody though. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't I don't sit and rest well. So to have that kind of environment, I thrive on it. Yeah. Well, I think there is an adrenaline rush when when you're slammed to mm-hmm. mastering it. Yeah. Like there is an adrenaline rush to, okay, I've got six tables at once. They all got sat at once. I need to get them all drinks. I need to get all their orders in and, and not having a lull at their table, you know, where they're waiting too long for something. You're kind of like, yes, I did. That. Like, I'm <laughs> like, I slayed that, you know, there is that. I just, it just was, and it was fine. It was good money. It was really good money, but yeah, it just wasn't my favorite thing to do. I ended up going and working at Bergner's in the suit department. And I liked that a lot better. Really? Yeah, I did. Really? It was the women's suit department. That was back when a lot of women had to wear suits to work, et cetera. And I did. I loved it. I loved it. Now, see, I would 
as I sit here in my leggings and a sweatshirt with baby vomit on it, I'm like, nope, not for this girl. <laughs> well, back then, I remember my roommate one year, I would always borrow her clothes to go out. And I was like, Carrie, you can borrow anything of mine. And she's like, if I had an interview, I'll borrow something <laughs> out of your closet. Because we would, you know, like you'd have these lawyers or whoever buy these $300 women's suits. And then like four months later, return them. And they'd gone from full price to 60% off clearance you know, and now you could get the entire suit for 50 bucks and you're like, and that's my size. Mm -hmm. I will just put that in the back room and that'll be going home with me, you know? And so when I graduated from college, I probably had the biggest suit collection of (laughs) any 22 year old ever. Here's the real question. Did they have shoulder pads? I think some of them did back then. That was right when shoulder pads were starting to go out, but I think some of them did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to reverse the question. What would you be doing right now if you could do anything? If I could do anything, I would love to teach history. Really? Yeah, I would love to teach history. You really want to be a teacher? Yeah, I, I really just want to talk about history. You I think maybe at college level <laughs> where it, it, I, you don't have to care if they turn something in or if they show up in class, you know, like you're just getting up and telling your point of view. And so I think I would love to teach like college history, not young kids. No. So any specific kind of history, U.S. history, world history. All of it. All of it. I, uh, I love all of really? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, there's part of me like you that I'm like, I would have to write books on the side. That'd be mm-hmm. my, yeah. But yeah. the great American novel or whatever that nobody would read because it'd be like some niche Russian history topic that everybody would be like, you'd probably be surprised how many people would read it though. <laughs> I'm just I doubt saying. It. I doubt it. There's a, it'd be my four sisters would buy a copy. <laughs> I'd buy a copy. <laughs> Carolyn would buy a copy. <laughs> Nick could have 10 copies hidden somewhere, maybe, just to help me out there. But otherwise, no, probably, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I did. So whenever I was growing up, I would, I had notebooks filled with like short stories and stuff like that. And that was one of my things. I was like, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a novelist. I'm going to, I'm going to write. And like, I still think sometimes I'm like, I could totally do that. No, you know, oh, I have one even better. You know what would be fun is to be an editor. Oh, yes. Yes. You would read everything. You would read everything and be like, no, we're not publishing this. This is trash. Mm -hmm. This is excellent. We're going to publish this. This is a bestseller. That would be fun. An editor. Yes. 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 All right. So we're going to... Scratch the bakery. Scratch the history teacher. And (laughs) now we're both editors. It actually, Tony makes fun of me all the time. So I just downloaded a couple new books to my phone tonight. And I was like, it makes me sad because I know that there is no amount of time in the world for me to read all the books I want to read. And he was like, who thinks like that? And I was like, I do. Yeah. I was like, I, there's so many amazing books out there that I'm never, ever going to be able to read because I just don't have time. Or they're well, never going to cross my path. And you know what I get really disappointed right now is when I read a book, like I just started a book this weekend when we were at that volleyball tournament. And it's, I'm two chapters in and it's very ho-hum. Mm-hmm. And I am not one to quit reading a book. And yet I'm like, I'm wasting this time. I could be moving yes. on to the next book, which could be fabulous. And I'm wasting it on this one. So that's I ho-hum. had a hard, hard rule. Whatever book I started, I had to finish yeah. no matter how much I hated it. And I have stuck to that for years. And within the past two years, I've gotten to the point where I'll just Google it and see what happens in the end. And I'll quit because yeah. I've had within the past like, I, I think I messaged you guys all about this. There was a couple books where I just got into it and I was like, nope, this just is yeah. not, not for me. And I, I quit. What's the worst book you've ever read? Gosh. I can tell you mine. <clears throat> so I don't know the name of it. I remember reading it. I was in, I'm trying to think now. So back whenever my grandma owned the restaurant, I had two great aunts that were huge readers. And so we would trade books with each other. And one of them had like a stack of books and she gave it to me. I cannot think of it. Anyways, it was, I won't be able to think of it. I can see the cover. It was hot pink. (laughs) I can see the cover. But it was like about this girl who moved to Hollywood to be a star. And it was just like very poorly written. Yeah. Very cliche things going on. And I finished it because at that time I was following my rule. But it was, 
It was hands down. I was like, that was the worst book I've ever read in my life. Was okay. it by Daniel Steele? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a very controversial statement to make. Oh, no. And I hesitate saying this. So I've read her books and I do like them. But I feel like Colleen Hoover is the next Danielle Steele. Really? Mm-hmm. I haven't read, read any of hers. There's a lot of there's a lot of Danielle Steele in them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like some of the subjects, like I think I talked to you guys about the one It Ends With Us. Okay. Fantastic book. But there was a lot of extra stuff that didn't really need Just to gratuitous. be in there. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to read a couple more of her books. I really like that one. And every single one I've read, I think I've read like four of them now. And I'm like, I'm starting to see a pattern. Yeah. And it's a Danielle Steele pattern. Yeah. So, yep. I get that. And people are going to kill me for saying that. Because they like, love them. Every, love her. Yes. Everybody loves her right yeah, now. Yeah, I haven't read. I kind of have a general thing that when everybody loves a book and I go to read it, mm-hmm. I'm always very disappointed. Same. Um, oh, so when everybody's like, oh, Colleen Hoover, Colleen Hoover, I'm like, I know I won't like them because everybody loves them. The only one that has proved me wrong on that is the Harry Potter series. Same. That is the only one. But I fought that so hard. I was like, I am not reading a book about wizards. Yes, it's a kid's me too. Book. This is the dumbest thing in the entire world. Yeah. And finally, my sister-in-law was like, just read the first one. Yeah. So I read the first one, and I was like, well, that wasn't as bad as I yeah. thought. Got halfway through the second, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm this addicted. is the best thing in the entire yes. world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. What was it? You and I both read that. Uh, the, several, the Seven Husbands of yes, Evelyn, Evelyn Hugo. And that is on every TikTok, the best five books to read. And I'm like, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's stupid and dumb. You know, I hated it. It was, I don't know how to word this. It kept my interest, but it wasn't like I finished it. And I was like, that was amazing. No, No, I was Mm -mm. just like, yeah, well, no, like it passed the time. Okay. Yeah, I finished it. But it wasn't like. I wasn't. Like I wouldn't recommend to it, it to anybody. I didn't exactly. have to buy it to keep in my collection because I was exactly. going to reread it again. Yes. No way, huh? Same with Kristen Hanna's Nightingale, which is a World War II I've book. Never read it. Oh, I have it. I'll give it to you to read. But if you're going to tell me it's horrible, I don't want to read it. No, it's it's okay. It everybody is like it is the best World War II book, and I'm like, no, it's not. It is not. Mm-mm. It might be the only World War II book you've ever read if you're saying it's the best World War II book because it's not. It's okay, but it's, I don't know. I felt like the writing, I'm going to use the word flow. You know when you're reading a book mm-hmm. and it just flows mm-hmm. so well and it's not disjointed or you're kind of like, well, that that's weird. I wouldn't, I'm like the, sometimes the characters do things that don't make sense, but you're just trying to like, they're trying to make connections in some way Mm -hmm. or shape or form. And I'm yeah, no. Mm -mm. So I can't think of what the name of it was. I just read a book here recently and it was one of those where it was a good storyline and it was interesting, but she could have told the story in 300 pages instead of 700. And those are the kind of books, like, I'm like, okay, I get details, I get making me feel like I'm there, but when you get that wordy, yeah, I, I'm out. Like, yeah. my my brain immediately checks out, and I start skimming, and I'm like, okay, where's, where's the dialogue, where's what actually pertains to the story here? I don't need to read three pages about what the front living room looks like. Yes. You know, yep. you can give me an idea and I appreciate that, but I don't need three pages of that. And then 15 pages later, we need to revisit that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. So. We would be great editors. <laughs> we really would. We'd be like, I know you've taken 10 years to write this 600 page novel. rip it apart and rip you your heart out. need to back her down to about 200 pages because your story, it lost some steam, let me tell you. Like, it started to die off. It fell off a cliff. Actually, about page 200. I would be the worst editor because I wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I'd be like, oh, that was, that was the most be- best book I've ever read in my life. Thank you for sharing that. And I'd be like, I'm not buying that. Did you ever read that book that I told you that I think is the best World War II book, The Command, The Commander's Mistress? Mm-mm. Okay, you've got to read that one. You have to. Hey, that wait, is so out. good. You never told me what your worst book was. Oh my gosh, the book Wicked. 
about uh, that the musical's based on about how the Wicked Witch in uh, The Wizard of Oz becomes wicked. That is the worst book I have ever read in my life. I've never even horrible, 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 horrible. It is like. I don't know. It's like the author was like, what are the 10 most politically polarizing things that have happened in the last century? And then let's let all of them happen to this witch. And then you can totally tell, I think that the editor was like, it's too long. You need to cut something in the last chapter. There's all these loose ends and he ties them up in like three paragraphs. And it's so horribly done. Like you're like, what, what, Wait, uh, no, you know, it was so bad. And my friend Erin read it too, and she agrees. She was like, that was the worst book ever. She goes, I always read every book. And it's, she goes, I wanted to jump ship so badly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. me too. I hated that book so much. It was horrible. The so, musical's fine, but the book is horrible. Note to self, don't read that. I'm, it's never even been on my radar. Yeah, so don't. I'm good. So piggyback back off that. There was a thing back in, I don't know, people were your top 10 favorite books or whatever you had to list. So if you had to list like your top five favorite books, could you do that easily? Pretty easily. Yeah. Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. You knew that was going to be one of my, (laughs) that's one of my, that's your favorite. Oh, I love that book. And then close, close, close behind is The Magic of Ordinary Days by Anne, Anne Howard remember if that's I can't Ann Howard I feel like there's a third name in there beautiful story beautiful be- beautiful story about a girl in World War II <laughs> living in Denver her dad is a pastor and she falls for a military boy a soldier and she thinks they're in love and she gets pregnant and he leaves her says it's not mine blah 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 And the father, the pastor, arranges a marriage for her with a bachelor farmer in Kansas. Well, you've told, okay, yeah. And, yeah, and so she gets shipped off to meet this, by herself, to meet this bachelor farmer in Kansas. But you're talking about redeeming love. No, this is the magic magic of ordinary ordinary days. days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's about her, you know, living becoming accustomed to the small town that she moves to and to all of the little eccentric characters in this small town. And, you know, her, her new husband is shy and a little bit on the backward side, but he really, really wants to treat her right and take care of her and everything. And just kind of about that whole process. And I just love that story so much. I've read that one probably 10 times. I've never read that one. I've got it. You can borrow it if you'd like. I've heard, I've heard the name. Yeah. not it's so good so good the good earth by pearl s yes, buck i love oh, that oh my gosh that that's one, such, a good, such book. a good book that's one that like when you say you need to read this book and they're like what's it about and you're like it's about a chinese farmer mm-hmm. who you know starts out really poor and works through life and you know makes something of Her himself yeah and then and yeah. looks back and wonders really like did he make the right decisions you know and just kind of the disintegration of the family as generally Generations were born and mm-hmm. he began having money and everything and people are like uh, and I'm like just trust me just trust yes, me just, just read, read it, it just read it just and read it, it is just the best I remember I think that was a book club book we did and like I read the back of it and I was like oh, uh, and then oh. and then I read it and I was like oh my gosh this is one you of my get done and you're like I'm gonna have to read that all again yes, yes. Yeah. yeah so probably that one let's see I am a, oh, I'm trying to think of what else Kind of on the uh, romance side of things, Laverl Spencer. <laughs> yes. You love Laverl Spencer. I do. I never do. Not all of her books, just her her, her historical fiction ones. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Unfulfilled. Unfulfilled. Is that fulfilled? Unfulfilled. I love that one. Oh, About the two farm boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that one. I see a theme. Farming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Small town. Yeah. That's a really, that's one of my favorites. And I don't know. Let's see. That's four. 
Those are ones I've read them over and mm-hmm. over and over. I think The Good Earth I've only read twice just because it is so heavy. Yes. It's not. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but the others, I mean, Redeeming a, Love and the others. It's I've a read. very meaty book. It's very meaty. I know that's like, I don't know how else to explain it. Substantial. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot there there's, yeah. to absorb yeah. and think about. I, people, and you are one of these, you make fun of me all the time because I will reread and reread books like tons and tons of time. Yeah. But it's also one of those where, depending on where I'm at in life, what's going on in my life, how old I am, I get something different from them every single oh, time. Oh, yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. I got to put that one as one of my top five. Because really? that's one, too. Like, when I was younger and read it in high school, I loved Scout and Gem. And mm-hmm. when I, I picked it up, again, uh, it was actually like when I first graduated from college. I was living in Kansas. I was home in Illinois. And I was at my sister's house. And I needed something to read before I went to bed. And so she had that book on her bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed it. And I was like... Like Atticus, the best guy, you know, just mm-hmm. the best character. But, you know, like he he was not my favorite when I first read that book. But, yeah, you pick up something different you, from yeah. it years later. Totally. So one of mine is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I've not read that and, one yet. Oh, my gosh. I've literally read it probably 10 different times. So it's kind of a, oh, gosh, and I'm not going to be able to think, not The Great Gatsby. I won't be able to think. Anyhow, it's about this kid who, he's a little different. Yeah. And he's trying to find his way as he starts high school. And he's, so he's writing letters to this stranger. And so you're reading about his life through these letters. And it's just one of those where every time I read it, I pick up different subtle cues and hints about what's going on. So that's one of my 100% top five. Born to Run. Yeah. It has to be. And that's. It just totally changed my complete perspective about running. Yeah. And it's, it's a fact based. What I'm not, not nonfiction. There yeah. That's the word I want. Anyways, it's a nonfiction book. The guy who wrote it, like literally experienced everything. And it's one of those where there's so much history and detail packed into it along with the story that you get so wrapped up into it. And it's also one of those, like I read it every single year and I, pick up different little tidbits and information every time I read it. When I was growing up, and I do not remember the author, but the name of the book was No One's Family is Going to Change. Really? I haven't heard of that one. Okay, so it's about this boy, Willie, who wants to be a dancer, and his sister, who wants to be a lawyer. And his dad is like, no, you are not going to be a dancer, and she is not going to be a lawyer. And it's about how growing up, like, they they hide their true selves from their dad because he's disapproving of what they want. And then in the end, they kind of come into their own a little bit. And they're like, well, I am who I am, and I'm going to do this. And their dad's still disproving, but they're comfortable with yeah. being who they are. And so I read it whenever I was in, like, seventh, eighth grade. And it very much resonated with me. I was like, you know, we, we are who we are. You know? Yeah. So what's that, three the thorn birds. Have you read <gasps> the thorn birds? Yes. That one is a good one. Favorite. It is. Yeah. The thorn birds. I actually, I need to go back and reread that one. I've only read that one once. And I do like, I do have the thorn birds miniseries saved as my, yeah. in my favorites on prime, waiting for it to become prime. Like the moment, you know, like they change things constantly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those movies, you know, just for like a week I've or never, two. I didn't even know there was a movie. <gasps> yes. My yes, my copy. Well, of now the we Thorn just Bird. need to rent it yes. and watch it. It's so tattered. Literally, the front page of it is gone, and like the like the cover is gone, and the front page is like ripped and teared. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. I love the Thornbirds. Yeah, one of my most favorite. Colby, when she was little, for all of us that read Little House on the Prairie growing mm-hmm. up, I did. It's, it's yes, and you loved Little House on the Prairie. And my favorite of the Little House on the Prairie books is actually Farmer Boy because. You know, they told all the details of, of how things happened on the farm. And I loved the details, like how they made the ice cream and stuff like that. And she had a book when she was little. I picked it up at the library. It was on the for sale cart for like 25 cents. And it was called Willowbrook Farms. And it follows the Betts family, who is a farm family out in Ohio in the 1800s. And it, the book is split up into like four sections, spring, fall, summer, winter. 
and each chapter is something something happening on the farm and they give the details and there's always something that happens there's like four bets kids and the mom and dad and everything you know like the peddler comes to visit and the mom you know and then there's the spring cleaning chapter and they talk about switching out all the straw in the beds Oh my gosh, that book. I can, I, I just love all the details it gives on how they did things. And she read that book over and over and over when she was little. It was, I explained it. I'm like, Willowbrook Farms is Little House on the Prairie on steroids. Mm-hmm. It's so much better <laughs> than Little House on the Prairie. If you like Little House on the Prairie, and it's hard to find a copy like Amazon. I know they're like 40 or $50 on really? Amazon. Oh yeah. They're, Cause it's out of print and, uh, and, and the McCormick's own three copies. We're trying to monopolize <laughs> the Willowbrook farm it's market. Out of print. The reason yeah. it's out of print is because you bought all That's of them. That's right. Yeah. I always loved the little house on the prairie. Oh yeah. Perhaps. It was just, it was just a simpler time. It was, <laughs> but you know what too though? Like going back to the Daniel Steele, like we didn't have any of the teen romance novels in our house growing up. And so I can remember probably when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, I went back and I reread the, these golden years and the first four years when Almanzo came on the scene, like mm-hmm. literally they were my little house on the prairie was like my First, you know, reading them in third and fourth grade. And uh-huh. then it, they were my romance novels in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to think. There was an author, gosh dang it, not Beverly Cleary, who was Judy Bloom. Yes. And she did a book. It was called 13, 14. I, I don't remember that. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> this is so funny. So we had yearbook in high school. And me and all my friends were on the yearbook class or whatever. So there were several times we'd have our class and there was nothing going on. So yeah. we found this book on the shelf. And so one of our friends, we would have story time and she'd read it aloud to us. And like some of the things they talk about in the book, yes. I'm like, and we were seniors in high school. Yes. And I was like, and they're recommending this for 12 year olds? <laughs> like she's talking about getting her period and then a lot of other things. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, when I was in seventh grade, is Beverly Beverly clearly the same one who wrote "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret"? No, that's Judy Bloom, I think. Beverly Cleary wrote like Ramona and Super Fudge. Judy Bloom wrote this one. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Because we also reread "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret," and I was like, "Mm, there was a little bit of things there. Was was I? I remember reading that and asking my. That was the book where I was like, "Mom, what's a period?" Mm -hmm. And then, like three days later, a children's medical dictionary showed up at our house in the mail, (laughs) and she's like, "Here." you can read about it now. And that's how the I Rankin girls. No, 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 oh uh-uh. no, that's really funny, <laughs> which I had three older sisters. So I, I was well aware of what that was. It was just weird to see it in a book, yeah. I guess is the way to work. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I was in junior high, uh, one of the junior high lit teachers brought me a pile of books from her own personal library that she thought would challenge me a little bit. And I don't know if she meant for this book to be in oh, there, but it was the book Kramer versus Kramer oh, about the first uh, custody battle where the dad got custody of the child. And there were some extremely graphic, steamy scenes oh. in that, like while they were made. <laughs> what grade were you in? Seventh grade. Oh my God. So, and because, you know, I want to share evidently with anybody. So I read them in the locker room, like before basketball practice, we're all like getting dressed for basketball practice. And I'm like, okay, we were on page 39. Let me finish that scene for you. <laughs> Well, because of course you have to share with your friends. Well, yes. Of course. (laughs) That's so funny. That teacher would be horrified to know that that took place. I'm sure she didn't mean for that book to be in the pile. And see, like, whenever we were reading that Judy Bloom book, we would be like, all look at each other yes. and be like, did she just read what we thought she read? Like, <laughs> at that point, we were like laughing and joking. We were old enough. But I can't even fathom reading that as like a 12 or 13 year yeah. old. Like, you'd be like, what did I just read? read? <laughs> what just happened? Okay, does anybody know what that meant? Could you explain it to me? <laughs> <laughs> did you ask this? I would never have asked this. I would have I pretended think I did. like I knew what it meant. Yeah, probably. And then like later, I'd be like, like I mean, like <laughs> I had to go like, home and get the medical dictionary out. My mom had like bought those me talks you see where they're like have the mathematical equations. Yes, trying to figure yes. that was me at home. Like what? what Butterfly in, what in the sky. sky. Yes. I can go twice as high. 
Maybe this will show us on a Reading Rainbow episode or Sesame Street. I don't know. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. It's you, amazing how whenever we get on the subject of books. It just goes. We just go. And we've lost everybody listening. Yeah. They're like, we're done. Oh, no, we're done. So. <laughs> They're like. They're kind of nerdy, so they're there fast forwarding. Yes. When are they going to be done with books? Yes. Never. 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 <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to totally flip now. I don't okay. even know how we got on that. Okay, so my next question is, what is your toxic trait? Because everybody talks about this all the time, like on TikTok and Which stuff. Which one? <laughs> Just full of them. <laughs> That is rough. That is tough. That's really, really tough. Because I, I can probably be. I, I don't. I'm, I'm super, super impatient. Super impatient. Really? Yeah. Really impatient. And condescending. Really? (laughs) Yes. I work really hard to keep it in my mind. I said once to my mom. Questioning our friendship right now. I'm like, what has she said about me in her head? Pretty much 10,000 times a day, I'm saying to myself, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite thing to type. FFS. Yes. FFS. Like this recurring, this stuck record in my head. Saying that. No, I, I, I think I've worked really, really hard on it over the years. When I was younger, I was, anybody that knew me younger knows I was really, really impatient and probably, I, I'm going to use the word, I don't know, cutthroat, short. I don't know, impatient. I remember saying to my mom once something about me being patient and she goes, Kelly, do you, do you think that you're patient? (laughs) And I said, mom, if you knew everything I wanted to say in my mind that I didn't say, you would see that I am being patient. Oh my gosh. Have you seen that (laughs) meme where I was like, or it's a TikTok and it was like, if you only knew the restraint I was taking by not saying what I wanted to say. Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would never, ever, ever guess that. Yes. Ever. What's yours? Oh my gosh. You already know it. So I am a binger. 100%. (laughs) If you are like, let's sit down and watch this Netflix series. It's really good. I'm going to be awake until three o'clock in the morning watching it. Like I can't just watch one episode if I like a show. Same way with reading. Like if I'm like, oh, this book is really good. I'm literally throwing everything else in my life to the side and I'm reading that book. That's all I am doing. Like I'm, I guess, binger, super focused, whatever you want to say. Like if I find something I like, I'm all in. All in. All in. Like all in. Like so I found a series on Netflix that I really, really liked. And it had four seasons and I finished three seasons in five days. I can do that in a show. Like, mm-hmm. but I'm like staying up till three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, Carolyn, you have to get up in three hours. And I'm like, uh, one more episode, one more episode. And I get that. I think I was like that when I started Outlander. I was like, I was like reading the book and watching the series. I think I was up till one in the morning, like Mm -hmm. just like one eye open and the other one was like half open and I just couldn't let it go. I had to keep watching it, watching it, watching it. I'm just a hundred percent with reading TV shows, a hundred percent. That's my personality. Like if I find something I like, I'm, I'm all in. You're all in. I'm all in. There's no halfway. So I started a book. I'm trying to think when I started it yesterday evening. And I had stuff going on, so I couldn't read. So today, off and on, like literally every spare chance I had, I had my phone in my hand in the bathroom while I was doing dishes. And I'm like doing dishes and like swiping so I can still keep reading it because I was like, oh my gosh, it's an amazing book. I have to finish it. I finished it. And I've already downloaded three more to my phone. And But here's the thing. Like I go in and maybe this is like a manic phase, I guess you want to say. Like I get in phases like this and I will read 10 books in a week and then I won't read for a week and yeah. I'm like, eh, I'm done. So like that series I started that had four seasons, I watched three seasons and I started like two episodes and now I'm kind of like, nah, I'm kind of over it. So now I'm done. I can be that way. I can be that. I was that way about Outlander, Game of Thrones. I love to discover them like pretty much when they're done. Same. Instead of having because to wait till the exactly. next season. I, I don't want to wait. Yes. I, I yes. can't do it because yes. then you completely lose my interest. I'm like, if I have to wait six months, like, yeah. that's kind of the way Yellowstone is for me. Like, yeah. I like it, but I'm like, I, I don't want to wait for the new right. things. It's, 
irritates me. So yeah. now I'm just not watching it. <laughs> like when I get on Netflix, I'll be like, oh, I've heard great things about this show. This is how it was for me for, oh, what is the Jason Bateman um Ozarks. Ozarks. When that first came out, everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, Ozarks, Ozarks. And I was like, show that everybody raves about where there's one season or show that nobody's ever talked to me about and there's 10 seasons. <laughs> I'll go with the 10 season one and we'll wait for that one to get over. I still haven't watched it yet. I heard that I think it's over, right? It is over and you need to watch it. It's so, amazing. Yeah. Nick and I have talked about that might be our winter show that we're going to watch on yeah, Sunday afternoons amazing. this winter. So Tony and I, I think we started it when it was like two, three seasons in and we watched like four or five episodes and it's one of those like I felt it was kind of slow starting mm-hmm. But then once it started, you're like, and we finished it and, well, I finished it. He fell asleep and I just, I gave him the highlights so we could keep rolling on. No, that's the thing. Like, I will do that and Tony falls asleep because he's a normal human person. And so then I have to wait for him to catch up because I don't want to get ahead of him because then I feel bad because here I am the whole season ahead. But anyhow, we finished it. It was amazing. It's one of those shows where you're just like what else can possibly happen? Like yeah. we've seen it all. Like I've seen everything. And then the next episode happens and you're like, what, what? So I had talked my cousin who lives in Virginia. She's my BFF, but I had talked her into watching it. And so it would be really funny because like randomly on a Wednesday night, she'd call me and be no, no pretense whatsoever. And she'd be like, this just happened. So and so did it, and I'm like, "Oh, you're on that episode." Yep, yeah, I know exactly where you're. She's like, "I can't believe it. I can't believe it. What else is going to happen?" And I'm like, "Just wait. Yeah, just wait." So then, like three days later, she called me and be like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'm like, "Yep, I told you it was going to get better." <laughs> and it just kept getting like, "Oh my gosh!" So I'm really guilty in a TV show of I'll get attached to a character and then they get killed off and then I'm just done. Like Sons of Anarchy. Fabulous show. Fabulous show. Tara got killed off in season four and I'm like, and I'm out. I don't ever have to see another episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nick was like, he made me watch the very, very last episode so that I could see like the revenge. The whole coming. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, that took place and everything. But she would, you know, to I we've been watching Peaky Blinders and Grace, who's one of the main characters, gets killed. And I'm like, and I'm out. I don't know that I can watch any more of this show. <laughs> I was I just loved her and Tommy together. And I'm like, I'm out. I think I'm out. I don't think I can watch this anymore. That's the way I was with Grace Anatomy. Like I loved yeah. Grace Anatomy when it came out. And like as each season went on and they killed off more and more of the main characters. Yeah. And I wanna say it was like season four, season five. I just got to the point, I was like, there's nobody even original on here anymore that yeah. I know. And I'm like, I I don't even care about the storyline. And I think it's still going on today. Maybe. It I is. It is. is it? it is. And I have not It's like watched, the longest running show ever. I have not watched an episode in probably eight years. I yeah. was like, you killed off all my favorite people, so I'm done. The I'm old, and then and then there's Game of Thrones where they I've never watched Oh it. my gosh. You went in every Sunday thinking, Who are they killing this week? Which is my characters because every Sunday your favorite character got killed off and you just knew it and expected it <laughs> and you just watched it. And that was just like it was just like, Yep, everybody's getting killed off that you like. <laughs> Yes. That's basically life in yes. general. Right yes. There. Yes. Yes. You're like everything I want to happen is not yes. going to happen. Yep. So, the, yep. And so, but for some reason, I just kept, I loved that show. I kept on watching that one. But yeah. And I knew all the hype, and I don't know why I didn't watch it. Probably because I had dial up interest. Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't stream it like I wanted to. Yeah. So, yeah. That's probably why. So, I get it. Anyways, well, this was interesting. We had some we had some good conversations. We did, and I didn't even really. I, I asked you one question. I did come up with like a couple of more, but maybe I'll just save that for the next one. <laughs> I was gonna say we can do a part part two because I still I still have questions. Oh well, then questions. I'll come up with a few more, and we'll do a part two. And um, yeah, sounds yeah, good. So, anyways, well, thanks for listening, guys. We hope you check us out next time. Bye bye. <laughs>